Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership, to level up their business, and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business topics, trends, innovation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, we meet a leader who lives and works by his values. He gets things done, done correctly, and done in double time with an army career and 20 plus years in business spanning the globe. This leader has seen it all, but one thing he hates to see is business owners not getting a fair deal. We're joined by Mark Whitfield, director at Workplace Limited. We'll learn about his personal and professional journey, his values, and his continued mission on the important topic of disrupting the HR and health and safety outsourcing world, whilst also getting a glimpse of his philosophy on it's not anger, it's passion. Mark, welcome. Tell us briefly about where you're based. So I'm based, um, my, my home, my home life is based in Cheshire. Uh, and my work life is split between um, Cheshire, uh, um, Broughton, North Wales, and Manchester um, in England. Lots of travel then, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we have clients across the, the whole UK, um, so I do try and get around um, a fair few if I can personally, uh, just, to, just to make sure they're good and sound. Um, but generally, yeah, I, tr- I try and um, bake for, for two days a week and then the remaining three um, out of Manchester whilst, whilst we're growing the Manchester cell. Okay, okay, wonderful. So, Mark, tell us briefly about your personal journey. So, my, my personal, how far back do you want me to go? Go, start from the beginning. It's start because it's very interesting. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so my my journey started um, as as um, I suppose an eighteen year old boy uh, wondering what I was going to do with my life. Um, back in uh, originally from Cardiff in um, in Wales, and I went to an open day in uh, Sheffield University. And on the way back, um, I'm an avid rugby player at that time in the early nineties. There wasn't a professional era for for rugby. Um, and I saw a little advert in the corner of, the, uh, of one of the shop windows in relation to um, be the best you could be during the army uh, with with the rugby ball and all the athletics and so forth that they were doing. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go and have a chat. And before you know it, within six months, I've signed up and <laughs> I'm, I'm in the army. Um, yeah, quite a, quite a whirlwind that was. Um, Amazing. Was that a big shock for you when you actually started with the army? I think, yeah, yeah, it was it was, it was a big shock because I think um, I wasn't grown. I, I kind of grew up overnight, um, and you've got this big six foot tall person shouting, screaming at you. Because back in those days, you could get away with belittling people and screaming and shouting at them, and we kind of responded as a unit to that. So, um, yeah, it, it taught me a few lessons uh, straight away in regards to leadership, how not to do it maybe, or how to do it in, in some aspects. Um, and just the, 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 
now I can relate to it and look back and think, geez, some of the nuances and some of the things that did, did he get the best out of us? Did he get us to work as a team? Um, but at the time, I hadn't got a clue what's going on. Yeah. And, and, and Mark, so tell us a little bit more about how you transitioned from the army into the business world. So, so I spent around about seven years in, in the, the army um, and, and I was flying up to the ranks and, and changed over to PT Corps. Um, but it got to a point where I, I had a thirst for more. I, I wanted to live, I wanted to understand the world. And um, I got out of the forces and then applied for a, for a role um, over in mainland Spain um, within property and uh, multi-propriedad um, as a sales consultant. And I think then within three to four months, got promoted to sales manager and got sent overseas then to Singapore um, as, as a sales manager. Um, continued there for a few for a few months, um, earning good commissions, doing learning my trade. Back to mainland Spain, I think it was around about two thousand and three. Um, and me and the marketing manager saved our pennies and and bought the current owners out of that. So in the space of three years, uh, we managed to, to work hard, play hard, save, and and take ownership of of the company we went to work for. Amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So then I, I spread myself then across from Mallorca, mainland Spain and Valencia, and also uh, Singapore. Um, and then we eventually closed Singapore, Singapore down and, and concentrated more on mainland Spain. So was it just primarily between Spain and um, Singapore, or did you uh, did you do any any of any of the sales around around the world? We kind of had sales around the world. So anything from Thailand to the States, um, major the Asian markets and European markets, but there's different kind of cultures. So you have to understand and adapt to the cultures and how business is done, um, which I enjoy. You know, I absorb the culture uh, of the country that I'm in and try to understand how, how things are operate, how, how you operate, how you do things, because it's completely different here in the UK to how it would be like, say, in Asia. Uh, and how it's done in Europe, it's totally and utterly different in, in, in your actions, your transactions, and how you communicate with people. Um, yeah, I, I, I still find that intriguing, how, how, how far apart it is. Yeah, and, and, and we'll, we'll, come, we'll come into that because I'm quite keen to hear about those lessons that you've learned and how you would actually leverage that internationally, even in the UK, but also how you actually apply that into the business world. So yeah. let's let's delve a little bit more into your you know current current endeavors. Um, you're, you're, you're at a workplace. Tell us more yeah. about that. So when I when I came back to the UK, um, the, the, the main purpose of coming back to the UK first was purely uh, for family reasons um, to educate my children. Uh, I met my wife for 20 years over in Spain. Uh, she was on a gap year. And I wanted to bring them here and wanted to look for a, a good environment whereby they could thrive, not be too busy in a city. So that's why we picked kind of Tarpley, uh, basically all around the children. And, and also I picked, picked here in the north, the northwest, um, purely because of um, it has access to four airports. Um, and not only that, it, 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 it's good industrial. Uh, it's a good industrial um, part of the UK. But again, has access to ports and so forth. So 
it's thriving at the moment here, here in Manchester, as I, as I kind of um, thought it would be. Um, so when I moved back to the UK, we, have, we originally went back to London and I did a bit of consultancy and I was trying to understand over here in the UK how, how the, um, the contractual business work, how um, re repetitive revenue, revenues, so that my failings, for an example, in Spain, because you have to, to succeed, you have to fail. Yeah. Um, and you have to learn from your failures. It's the, you, you always see a business, this, you always think it's this imaginary straight line they've got there and they've been big and proud and they, there's just one line and that's it. It's so far from the truth. There's so many dips and troughs and peaks and troughs and so many failures to get to where you want to go. But you only ever hear of the success. You never hear of the failures. Because yeah. some people think that's a sign of weakness yeah. um, in this warped world sometimes that we live in. Um, but yeah, we, we had some failures back there. So when I left the business, the business kind of, left around me if that makes sense i was the business um which was a better pill to swallow so for me personally coming back to the uk was all about how can i get into this contractual business whereby we're, we're on a repeat revenue our usp is a bit different how can i live by my values instead of being an imposter and taking on other people's just to get that paycheck just to get just to get business if that makes sense yeah so I, I went to work for a company called PHS that run their national accounts. Um, I also went and then worked for a company called uh, Safety Clean, again, as a national national account executive, purely. It was all, all, all premeditated just to go and find out how they run their books of business and how they got those contracts over the line uh, and what it was all about and how they got the EBITDA to where it was. Um, and then I got asked um, by, by a friend of mine who I've become friends with through sport, again, and um, said, have a look at Workplace, what do you think of it? I looked at it, looked at the competitors within the HR second and health and safety second. So as a repeat, we, we could flip it into, it was a consultancy at the time and saw that, that quite easily there was, there was bigger companies out there um, that working on books of business whereby it was a repeat revenue yeah. scale. So every time you get a new contract, you see a level of company that is growing um, and you've got a good sound business whereby you're building a business to pass on or, to, or, or a generational business. Um, and I was like, yeah, let's go, let's go for it. Um, spoke to the MD, which was um, a lady called Karen Owen, which was the famous um, Michael Owen's, uh, the footballer Michael Owen. Yeah. His, his yep. sister. Oh, right. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was interesting. Because, <laughs> um, yeah. Was it a meeting it, of rugby with, with football then? <laughs> was a clash of football and rugby, wasn't it? So, <laughs> it was a clash of the titans. There's me who played uh, you know, professional rugby and, and her brother that played um, football. Um, but at the same time, Karen as well was very sports. She, she played representing Wales in hockey. So um, it was a good, yeah, she, she's a bubbly character. And it, it was, I just thought, yeah, this can work. This can work. She's, she's the brain cell of the operation, i.e., is, is a lawyer. Um, she understands um, HR, health and safety. She's got more degrees than, than, than I can mention. Um, so rather operational side and getting the best uh, best best out of people, she's great. Um, where I added value then was kind of the sales, business development, or overarching, seeing the accounts. So we know our strengths, we know our weaknesses, and it, combined, it combines well together. Uh, so we went on a journey of um, just ripping up the existing business model uh, and putting in place the retainer-based business, which was, which over the last few years has been quite tough because we had to go from a consultancy, yeah. whereby we were just going out and consulting, consulting, consulting. Nothing was really in contract, 
to then switching and turning off that consultancy and saying, no, sorry, we can't do consultancy yeah. unless you're on a retainer. Yeah. Um, took a while to get back up, but we're now we're in a position whereby every single one of our clients, uh, we deal with 168 clients UK wide at the moment, and they're all on re, they're all on retainers. So it's all retained book of business value business. That's that's amazing. So so tell us tell us a little bit more. What what makes it interesting working in this particular organization compared to some of the other organization? I mean, you started your business in Spain and so forth. What's what's that? What's the difference? Can you can you can you I elaborate think, on that? Yeah, I I, I think when when I I didn't so much as look as originally I didn't look look too much down at the lines of what they were delivering at the service the output I was kind of fixated on this model um, so I didn't kind of divert too much into what is HR what is health and safety I was a bit blase it was a product to me and and how did that product work how did it fit and how did it fit the model that we want to sell and who else is doing it and what are they doing and what's their weaknesses so we kind of went out and looked at the weaknesses. We did kind of many SWOT analyses and many personas of um, all our competitors um, and industries to find out what the pinch points were and how, how, how they needed us or didn't need us or didn't think they needed us and how risk averse yeah. it is. Because generally with HR and health and safety, the only time you get a new client is when, it, when there's a risk when the the point of failing it's never at the point of best practice so am i overall, right to say that overall yeah no absolutely so am i right to say then that uh, you actually look at it more from a front end perspective not not after the fact it's actually before the facts prevent yes. so so, so wow. this is this is this yeah. is what where we're at now in the, in the place how can we how can we position ourselves whereby it's not at that back end risk it's right at the beginning so we're not having to break a cycle we're creating a cycle and and how are you what 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 kind of uh, appetite are you getting from organizations on on that model um it's hard it's it's hard for us to track just now because we've we've put ourselves and, as, and, and we're very young in regards to how, how we're adopting this, because as I said, we're a disruptor and, and that is our vision. And I think if we revert back to, to workplace, everybody that we've employed is employed based on their values. So we, we, we did a piece um, which lasted around about six months a year ago in regards to finding out who we really are. What is workplace? What are we? Who are we? Why do we turn up in the morning? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, and we did some film footage of our clients. We went out, we videoed them, not, not me personally, but we got someone um, to, to go out and do this. Um, and all the messages that come back, it, it was the same. It was the same, They're accountable, passionate. Mark, you know, he, he can appear to come back maybe not angry, but so passionate about what he does and, and, and how he does it. And it's hard to hear sometimes because you don't want to hear praise. You just want to know what you're not doing so you can correct it. Yeah. Yeah. Me personally, that's how I'm built. So that give us that give us our 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 values, and 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 in that was the same as our mission. Everyone buys into it. So when we recruit, it's all based on: are we accountable? Are we, no, we're not just accountable to ourselves, but we're accountable to each other. Uh, are we passionate enough? Are we 
are we giving our clients what we deserve? The hardest bit to actually do is the humidity bit because sometimes we set up our solos, we do too much sometimes. I don't know how can you do too much, but we do in regards to the expectation. So then that expectation, that bar is set. Yeah. And sometimes it's a bit, it's, it's a bit tricky there. We still fail sometimes in, 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 in moving that bar slightly down, um, but sometimes some consultants do way, way too much yeah. than expected. So I think that, that that's the hardest thing for us at the moment. Okay, wonderful, Mark. And um, yeah, let's 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 talk about um, you know your 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 know your, your, your army career, but also in your, in your business world. You also mentioned about failures, but keeping that in mind, what's what's your experience or what you know as 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 a challenge that you've maybe faced in business where you've actually. Uh, you know, you know, utilized your failures, but also uh, transformed that into a highly positive outcome. Can you elaborate some of those experiences yeah. or, or or those? Uh, so, so I think, yeah, well, I think where I failed in my in my early days, and it's still, I'm still learning, is um, my robustness, my energy, and and being strict and rigid, mm-hmm. and not having much movement originally. Um, and taking that from, from because if you think about it, you're, you're trained in the army, a set way of doing things, and you do it, and if you don't succeed, you die. Yeah. To an extreme. That's the extreme. Yeah. That's the extreme. So we're very task orientated. So when you go back into the civilian world and you think, yeah, yeah, I've got this, all I need to do is just tell everybody what to do. And if they don't listen, we just shout at them. Mm hmm. And if they don't listen, we shout at them some more. And, <laughs> and, if, and if they don't, then we take them out and we'll beast them in the car park. <laughs> you can't kind of adopt. So, so, so those leadership skills, you can't. So you try and soften them a bit so that mm-hmm. when you're having your, your meetings and you're, you're engaging with your staff, and then you soon find then that the passion side of thing works. You can engage. You can be poignant. You don't need to put fear into people. Yeah. Whereas... I think sometimes within my early days, it was the fear factor, the risk of maybe losing your job, the risk of, you know, it, I wouldn't say it was wrong because that was the way that that my peers who I've seen led. Yeah. Um, with through fear, basically. Yeah. Um, and there's no place for that in the workplace. There's no place for that in this world. There's no place for that in 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 any any kind of environment. Yeah. So I think it's it's finding it's to flipping that, but using that fear to to produce passion yeah. and a cause and having a clear vision. Yeah. And I think if you can then work with people that understand their values but understand your values and you can share them and cross-reference them, then you'll never have to ask anybody ever again to do that extra ten percent because it just comes automatically. Yeah, I think that's that's a very important aspect: values and also just being open and transparent. Um, and I think in your in your uh, in your experience as well, just being authentic and vulnerable at times also helps in having those open and transparent conversations. Would you uh, Would you agree? I'd li- I'd like to think so. Um, you know, I'm I'm still on my journey. You know, the, the, every day is a new day. Every day is a learning day. Every day is a failing day. Yeah. Um, and I think. Business leaders should be more 
forthcoming with with, with this within their speeches, within their leadership speeches, within within their management. You know, it, you open a company, you start a company. It's not your company; it's your employees' company. Just like you, you know, just because you own your home and you invite your children into your home, it's not it's not your home; it's your family home, it's your children's home as well. Yeah. So, why why in the work setting where we spend most of our time in our work setting, do we not treat our employees or leaders don't treat their employees this way or maybe they do maybe they don't it's open for discussion um but i think more more employees should be thinking this way and it's it, it's the consequence um of of a certain few individuals that are running a company the board um the execs you know they have a huge responsibility um to make sure that message is getting across to their employees so that there is a good place to work so that they are setting legacy Yes, we all want to make profit. Yes, we all want to get there. But if we, if we always think about the profit margins, if we always think about the end goals, we'll never reach them. Mm-hmm. True, true. And this is why we have a recruitment problem within the yeah. world at the moment. And yeah. we have this recruitment problem because we have revolving seats where, you know, you look at the tech industry right now. This is going off, off piece a little bit. But if you look at the tech industry right now, um, you know, people are leaving for an extra £5,000 a year, an extra £10,000 a year. It's... it's it's not structured. It's not layered. They, they, they don't see where, you know, the mission, the vision, all that kind of piece there yeah. is not there at the moment in companies. It, they're, they're failing quick because they're just trying to put bots on seats. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Absolutely. And it, it all boils down to how you're operating the company and what kind of transformational leadership you can actually apply. And I think it also comes down to people's mindsets and how people either just thinking short-term instead of long-term. So there's a variety of factors and, um, you know, disruption is also big, a, a, a big um, contributor to that as well. So people yeah. want the next big shiny thing as well. Or to but be then, part but of then yeah. it's so true. It's, it's so true. But why are we, why are we all so blind to it? Then? We, we, we I, I think, the whole of the world needs needs a good good needs, needs to stand up and give themselves a good shakedown and just be honest with where they are because if you pinpoint you know, if you pinpoint your career and where you start and where you where you are now and your journey to that it's logical that you know you're going to train an apprentice apprentice is going to come in they're going to do what they can if you can't afford them once they qualify you know they're going to go they have to go because they they're at that journey they're young they're eager they want to learn they're not going to progress through that whole company yeah. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So we we need to realize this and put in put in the plans for that. And we we don't do that because we lie because we think we lie to ourselves. We allow ourselves to get to get coerced into thinking that people are going to stay all the time if we've got our mission right, even if we've got the vision. You know that's changing constantly with with, with society and the environment. Yeah, yeah. But you, we never we never plan for it because we're too busy. Getting, getting attached to the emotion of yes they're going to stay forever and they're not yeah it's it's absolutely true it's it's, it's two-dimensional right so from a from a business perspective um in alignment with what you mentioned it's it's that companies also having clarity on their values their vision their mission and so forth yeah. but not just on paper actually living it breathing it yeah how many companies you know that you, you know you walk into their office and they've got their values on the wall and they may have six or seven values 
And yeah. I guarantee you the CEO of the MD or, or any senior management can remember six or seven values. Impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and yeah, are they in practice? Yeah. But they're not in practice. They're put on a wall. Yeah. You know, it, every single, I'm a firm believer in your values should be on your sleeves. <laughs> you should be walking, talking them. It should be not just your personal ones, but if you're working with an organization and you understand what they're trying to achieve because it's been articulated to you and explained to you yeah. in, in a format that you can understand from top to down, from top down and down up. Yeah. And you've all bought into that vision, that mission, which will change because it has to, because you know, we're disrupting right now, we want to be the best in the UK. But at the minute our software goes live in 16 months time, we want to be hitting Europe and Asia markets. So yeah. our, our mission is going to change completely, which will need a, a completely different set of people and a different set of tactics. Yeah. But again, we, we will articulate that, move that on, and, and, and explain to everybody what we're doing and how we're doing it. But we just will make this, it's not just us leaders to make choice of that, it's everybody within the organization. Absolutely. It, 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 and I it, think that's it, the piece we miss. It's true. It's it's again. It's two. It's two dimensional. It's one from a company perspective or from an organization perspective, and the second is the actual individual itself. It's also that individual getting clarity on on their purpose and yeah. how how they want to align themselves to the company, but also within themselves. And some people just have that one track mind, you know, without really understanding their own purpose. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there, people not understanding their purpose. Yeah. And I think the reason why they don't understand their purpose is because it's not talked about enough. It's not, it's all about what a company can get out of you. Exactly. We went through, I went through an analogy the other day and said, if I could look around now, if we, if we did a heat map on the United Kingdom and imagine they were cars. Now in your cars, you have warning lights. And, and if something, something happens, if there's a bit of oil out attack, if, there's, if you haven't got your coolant correctly, lights will come on you pull over you stop immediately you call for help yeah 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 okay so what if you if you were to put that warning system within human beings across the uk i think the amount of energy you could get off that would light up the whole world probably for about a billion thousand years yeah. because everybody is walking around in some sort of crisis some kind of issue or some some problem that needs to be discussed or to help with because they don't understand their purpose. They don't understand why they're going to work that day. They don't understand what they're getting from a company yeah. or they don't understand their why. And it's not talked about. Yeah. Not talked about enough. Um, and it should be because they think, oh yeah, you can't talk about it because it's not practical. It's not productive. Jeez, man, you're, they're missing the point. Of course it's productive because if you can get the right workforce working for you, yeah. again, I'll revert back to my previous conversation you won't ask to ask, you won't have to ask that extra 10 percent. that 10 percent comes automatically yeah they will true. walk through walls for you yeah that's true so um mark tell us a little bit more about um uh, you know any business leaders or or leaders that you follow or admire about the work that the, that they've done so again this is going back to sports but alwyn jones is yes. the welsh captain yeah. Um, I don't know whether you're familiar with him in the rugby setting uh, and the British Lions as well. And yes. his, his immense leadership, um, you know, is, is 
it's, I've just read his autobiography now, and he he just inspires me as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, the the way he's so humble. Um, you know, I'll give you an example of him standing there, raining thunder. He had a little mascot. I think she's about six years of age. He took his jacket off, wrapped it around her, stood there singing the national anthem while hugging and cuddling this this little girl who's um, getting wet just before they're about to face, I think, uh, South Africa. Yeah. And then he picks her up, walks her back off, puts her around. He, you don't have to do that. And then you look at the football side of things and, and, and yeah, so him. And another one is Wim Hof. I don't mm-hmm. know whether you're familiar with Wim Hof. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's quite inspirational. Um, I've just finished reading his book in... Yeah, the amount of crisis he had around his wife throwing herself out of the building and then him looking after uh, four children. And um, I had uh, Crohn's disease. Um, I got diagnosed with Crohn's about five years ago. And like two years ago, I had my bowel removed, which um, not everybody knows about that because I, I still play rugby and I still run around like a, like a fool. Um, and the breathing exercises that he does has, has stopped me now. I'm not taking medication now because um, I do the, the cold showers. I have um, cold exposure and I do all the breathing, which helps me as well in my day-to-day um, tasks. So I'm not stressed. I'm not worried. I'm just, yeah. I just go with it. And, and Amazing. For me, that kind of him and a, a guy called Jay Shetty as well. I don't know whether it's somebody with Jay yes. Shetty. He's, yes. he's like walk like a monk. So yes, he, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's a bit commercialized these days, but true, true. But he's got some good sayings, good, good, yeah, good. yeah, absolutely. I know, like the beginning bits were brilliant, and and I just I don't know. He's, he, I wouldn't say he's annoying me, but he's kind of he's just gone too celeb. <laughs> just taking the rawness of him away a, a, a slight bit. And, and another one while I'm on it is Dr. Chatterjee. I don't know whether you've heard of him um what what does he focus on is it on leadership or on some on on, on yeah on on leadership uh mental well-being um, okay yeah yeah and, and just just around that it's also so, so connected there's a lot of connectivities there um in regards to understanding yourself yeah understanding your weaknesses understanding the threats that you can give and and turning them into positives and turning them into your friend instead of your enemy yeah yeah, no, ab- ab- absolutely. So, so Mark, you've you've touched on a few things here. What what uh, does a day in the life of Mark look like? Oh, so a day in the life of Mark um, would look like sorting out. Um, I wouldn't say quarrels with the family, the children. We have three children. Um, Wonderful. Carrot, Carrot, uh, Chloe, and Henry. Uh, the two girls play rugby. Henry doesn't. Um, Karis is um, currently playing for uh, Sale, um, and she's doing the GCSEs at the moment, and she wants to be a lawyer. So you can imagine how much stress is going around the house at the moment um, with a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, and 11. So yeah, and they're all getting tested. Um, I think Henry's doing his SATs. Um, Chloe's um, picking her options, and Karis is um, about to venture um, her GCSEs, which she's doing well. She's done a Spanish today and she said she's come back glowing and raving about it and she was, she was great. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, at the, the day would start off probably with me making sure that they're, they're good. Um, Suzanne will shoot off. She's a physiotherapist, my wife, so she'll shoot off. I'll then head 
head to Manchester and make sure um, I have conversations with accounts, sales, marketing, understand what's going on. Um, generally networking um, and keeping up to date with clients. I like to be on the ground. I like to keep myself um, in touch with my clients, find out what they need. And I, I do the job of the in-between. So the service gets delivered. Um, I then do my checks and making sure that the clients are getting what we said that we would provide to them. And if there's any pinch points, any issue or anywhere, because at the end of the day, we deal with people. Sometimes we have to tell them things that they don't like because yeah. that's our business, that's our job. So the first thing they try and do, they're like children. They bail back at us and it's our fault. And then we calm them down, we get to speak to them, take the emotion out of it. Then they understand, yes, that's a little, that's this. They should have done what they got, what we told them to do. And then we put their heads back on and then they can play with the train set and off yeah. they go. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of, kind of me and um at the moment we're, we're heavily in, i'm heavily involved in um a project with um the university whereby we're trying to invent some um some new tech which is going to be um a bit automated with alexa style theme um for hr health and safety and payroll okay okay so we're going to it all into one is that, is that your um your next big business adventure that's the bit that's going to get us off to uh europe transatlantic and so forth um because at the moment we've got the retainer whereby we do the consultancy and we white label a product um, uh but now we're ready for that next next step to go ahead and develop our own so we want some funding through innovate uk yeah um because it's going to be new to the market nothing of this kind um on the market right now um because I, I, the bigger boys when I say the bigger boys, I don't mean to be gender specific there, but the, the bigger competitors out there, um, they buy acquisitions and where they buy acquisitions, um, they can buy a, a piece of software that does payroll, they can buy a HR, they can buy a health and safety, but they can't combine it because they can't, they can't get rid of the revenue. So if you're, if you're turning over, I don't know, a billion pounds in your, your HR software, you, you wouldn't forgive those clients and go, yeah, come along, you can, you can join this and just pay one subscription because the board wouldn't allow it. So they're never going to be able to get an all-in-one product. It's impossible. They, yeah. can, they can own one, yeah. but they can't physically do it for one ticket, one price. So, so that's our USP. That, that, that's where we're going to gonna sneak in and hopefully uh, take that space, but with a bit of AI. So it works via a, um, a speaker. So it's, a, it's this gratification thing, isn't it, Stephen? Everybody wants things right now. They don't want to wait. Yeah. They don't even want to open their computers. They want to do everything by the phone. Yeah. They don't want to use desktop. So how can we do that? How can we make HR? How can we how can we advance what's already there? Yeah. But give them exactly what they want for a speak. Yeah. No, it without sounds without diluting like, our service. Yeah, absolutely. No, it sounds sounds like a very interesting endeavor. It's a great model. You're using some good technologies, AI included. So it sounds like um like a you know interesting goal as well. You're going to be expanding. Did you say to well, Europe, we want, we, multiple, yeah, multiple countries we, in Europe. Yeah, we want to we want to hit the UK first when it's done, and then there's a plan in place then for year three, year four once it's developed to then hit Europe and and the merging companies as well, like South Africa and um, yeah, 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 different parts of Asia where where whereby they're they're challenged in those safety kind of laws. I know there's different laws and different bylaws there, but the cover the, the layers are starting to appear now whereby this needed so um yeah and mark with with all of this happening do you do you feel that we've actually gone back to 
a version of normal as a, as a you know with with pandemic over the last you know couple of years are you finding any any shifts or any changes or any adjustments that you, you need to make now I, I recognize in the last two years you needed to but now do you need to make any additional adjustments on how you're I operating think, i think lockdown did us good i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie it 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 gave us time to reflect um our system wasn't designed for all our clients to contact us on the same day when we closed the united kingdom <laughs> so we had to keep ahead of everybody which was a great test of our resolve and what we had in place um so that we could refine it even more so um and then coming out of it the the, the technologies that we already had in place because like, we were already using zoom we were using it pre-lockdown and all the HR consultants looked at me crazy when I when I showed them Zoom um, pre pre the pandemic. This is months and months before, like nine to twelve months, we were using it because I wanted to try and adopt because we wanted our coverage across the UK and our, our two central offices. I wanted to try and see if our, our HR audits over Zoom instead of in person, which would reduce our mileage and our and our CO two emissions as well. Yeah. So. They bought into it, but didn't really buy into it, and there was a lot of pushback I kept getting. Yeah, and yeah. then when when it, when when COVID happened, he was like, "Oh, thank God, we got this, man! Oh, this is amazing. We can do this, we can do that." And I was like, "Jeez, if only I had, a, if only I could have gone back and recorded what they said previously." Yeah. Um. So that helped us capture more clients. It also enabled us then to advance our health and safety side, whereby we could get someone walking around with a with a with their phone. Yeah. And we could then actually do the audit as someone's walking for us. So we were walking, talking with them, but wouldn't actually be there on site, if that makes sense. Mm. So we've kind of advanced a lot more on on that front as well, which is which which has been great for us as a as a, as a company. Um, so there's still a fear factor there. I don't I still don't see the full off us you know, I go to Manchester and and we're down by the the, the keys. And there's still a lot of empty offices. I have a lot of empty offices, and and I also plan on going back until next year into the office. So they're still doing that hybrid model. And I've noticed more and more within networking um, and getting around and seeing and chambers and different events. There's a lot of empty seats, more empty seats still. So I still think there's that fear. Um, but I do see we've we've jumped leaps and bounds, maybe seven eight years ahead of where we would have been in tech tech wise and i do honestly think that every company will eventually be a tech company yeah. so now is the time to invest now is the time to look forward into that and start making those adjustments while we've got while you while, while it's forgivable because I, I i think we're in a forgivable shit um stage still yeah. where you know that there's allowances there to kind of go right okay maybe stage we've done this then that let's try and embrace that technology don't be fearful of it embrace it yeah if you can still you can still get that blend of people. You know, you're not diluting your, your your service. It'll enhance your service if it's done correct. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's true. I completely align with what you what you're saying. Well, uh, we're coming to a close very shortly, Mark. Um, so let me ask you: Do you have any uh, closing messages or a challenge or a call to action to other leaders that you want to outline here? Yeah. Stop. Stop talking. Yeah. More action. You know, there's a lot of sayers out there. There's not a lot of doers. Start, start doing. You know, if we have these ideas and we have these things, go with them. Have faith in yourself. 
have faith in what you're doing and just keep keep creating yeah don't stand still yeah that's that's very very good advice very good challenge to uh, to leaders wonderful thank you very much mark for being with us today and sharing your journey thank you very much hey no worries nice nice talking to you wonderful okay folks thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode with another great leader who has been instrumental in international mergers where he'll give a view of what works and what doesn't stay tuned for that one thank you very much and have a wonderful